0: Welcome to everyone. It's wonderful to have our center filled with such beautiful souls who are seeking the highest truth, the highest love, highest way of living, and hopefully seeking answers to your deepest questions. and seeking an alternative path to the one that our present culture is on that as Jagdish said seems to be leading us all over the cliff for its lack of love and care and wisdom and spiritual empowerment lack of truthfulness and honesty which have reached extreme Levels in the world, as I'm sure you're all aware of, and we don't need to be labor. So we are in extreme times. I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with that, is there? And they seem to be getting more extreme by the day. Even if that were not the case, it is the most beautiful way to live to be part of a spiritual community and particularly a landed community where we are growing our own food, where we are seeing the beauty of nature and encouraging that beauty and living as one with it. And in our modern world we've lost the joy of living with nature. We have become so alienated in these cities with their pollution and their artificiality, and now even more so with internets and all the media We are several stages removed from the real of life. And so an ashram is a chance to get back to our real values of what life is about. Soon enough people will come to realize that uh, food does not grow in the mas por menos. Or in auto mercado. And we're getting menos por mas every day, aren't we? But one day there will be so menos that there will be nothing on the shelves. (coughs) And that's when we'll have to remember that food comes from farms. It comes from people getting their hands dirty in the soil and milking cows and sheep and, and living in harmony with nature and following the laws of nature. And because we have arrogantly tried to deny those and control those and even genetically modify the products of nature. We are suffering the karmic blowback of that arrogance. So an ashram is a humble effort to get back to our roots. And you know the word humble, the hum comes from humus, the soil. Bala means power. It's a Sanskrit word. It's the power of the soil, the power of the earth. We're reconnecting with that power. We are in the earth, and you have to be very humble to get down on your knees and dig in the gardens. And yet, that's where the power comes from. That's where life comes from. And so by willing to be humble and to lead humble lives, we are becoming empowered again. By living not only in the soil and the physical earth, but in the mind of Gaia. This earth is a living super-organism, a living intelligence. And we have cut ourselves off from that and are living in the ego mind, a very small, petty mind that lives for its own pleasures that bring more pain and suffering than anything. And people are caught in their little bubbles of ego and narcissism and have lost the generosity of spirit that bonds us, that makes us realize we are all one family. And so an ashram is a place to realize again that we are all one, and that we are one not just with each other in the human community, but one with all of the natural community and the spiritual community, the noosphere that is beyond the biosphere, the sphere of consciousness. And this is something that yogis have known about for thousands of years. Yoga is the science of consciousness. It's the science of the transcendence of the false consciousness into the cosmic consciousness, into the mind of God, the mind of the infinite intelligence that underlies and permeates this universe. And we have forgotten about that. But by becoming yogis, we are dedicating ourselves to again link with that higher, truer consciousness. The word yoke comes from yoga. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. He means my yoga is easy. We are practicing the same yoga. There's only one yoga. It is the yoga in which the individual self voluntarily surrenders to the supreme intelligence and allows oneself to become a medium and a vehicle for that higher power, the shakti, the, the literally the life energy that can flow through us in that state, as well as the inspirations, the creative wisdom, and the love, the open-hearted love. And today everyone that you meet is wounded, I don't know anyone, I I haven't met anyone in years who hasn't come in a state of having been wounded in a major way that has caused them to close their hearts, to shut down, because they've been betrayed and they have come to feel that there is no love in the world. And therefore, they live lives that squander their potential and live stunted lives behind the barriers of ego defenses that do not allow love in. And love is the only power that can heal us. But we all have access to that love, both from within and from without. And yet most of us need to see a model of that love to believe in it again. And so a community like this embodies that love. I wish you had all been able to be here today with our group of karma yogis working so beautifully to create all of this for you tonight. And, and to produce the incredible food and to bring the order, the seating, all of the details, thousands of details, and everyone working so egolessly, so frictionlessly, so beautifully to produce an evening of joy and love and harmony and oneness. And you rarely see that in the world. And that bonding of community, that now we are using on an even larger scale to build this farm and this spiritual community and retreat center, so that people from around the world can come and experience being in an atmosphere of love and of joy, and receive as well teachings and skills to be able to live in that state. Yoga is a science of consciousness, but it is also the art. And the art requires skill, To silence the false consciousness of the ego mind in order to receive the energy and the power of the true self. The real self is there, it is within you now, it is always there, but we don't have access to it because the ego mind clouds it over. Not only do we have barriers and defenses up against receiving love from without, from others, because we don't trust it, but we have barriers within that keep us from receiving from our own depths, from beyond the mind, the power of divine love. Because we know today that all the old mythologies which depicted a god out there on a cloud or in some other dimension somewhere, those are are myths. But they do refer to a psychological reality. And the god we are seeking is in fact the self, that we are, each of us, but behind the mind deeper within than the ego identity and the personality it's so deep within us that we do not know it because we haven't gone that deep within ourselves because the ego lives on the surface of things and we've been taught that to live in the sensual realm and that we even reject the intellectual realm these days let alone the, the realm of spirit that's even deeper And so at that superficial realm, we don't know who we are. We're lost. And we have to find our roots. It's not about some belief system and prayers and rituals and all of that. It's about going within and finding yourself. By silencing the chattering mind and the dispersal of attention. You know, everyone's got attention deficit disorder today. And the, and the culture enforces it and all those remote controls that we have on the different TVs and even these music gadgets and the internet of course all of that it, it keeps our minds going so fast from one thing to another so we don't miss out on anything that we, we miss out on the most important thing of all the one thing of, of infinite importance that makes our lives worth living And so an ashram is a place to recover that peace, that deep peace that resolves all the questions, confusions, depression, anxieties that everyone is plagued with today. And we all know that nearly all of the physical illnesses that people have are psychosomatic. And they are signs that we're not paying attention to our souls. And so the souls are giving us messages in the only way they can, by forcing us to stop what we're doing and deal with the pain that the soul is in. And it projects the pain into the body because the ego won't listen to the soul directly. And so it it has to stop you in your tracks sometimes. And that's why there is so much karma being settled today. So many chokes in the world out there, literally, as well as metaphorically in people's relationships. So we'll stop and discover who are we that are driving so madly on the highway of life without knowing where we're going. And so an ashram is a different kind of community. It's not a capitalist community. It's an alternative way of living. I would even call it quantum socialism. We have an author here, Don Rolando Araya, who wrote a great book by that title. But we're putting quantum socialism into effect in an ashram. It has been called divine communism as well. This is the, the kind of society that was, was taught by Jesus as well as Buddha, as well as Krishna, as well as Shiva, as well as all of the major spiritual traditions. Live together... In generosity of spirit, giving all and sharing all and supporting one another without any ulterior motives, but with that transparency of spirit in which we appreciate one another's manifestation of the one divine light of which we are all the carriers. And we need to let that light shine again in the world because we're in a a time of darkness. And you won't find that light in the political realm. You won't find it anymore even in the artistic or the social realm at all. It has to be re-established, reignited from the grassroots, from ordinary people who become extraordinary through their realization (coughs) of their own divine nature. And so all of you are here because you have been called to that to that ultimate discovery of who you are and the realization of the infinite potential that you have to change the trajectory of our history and bring about a new age of peace and of love and of light as this age of darkness is dying of its own weight, of its own inner contradictions and its own lack of love. We don't have to fight it. We don't have to be rebels. We don't have to tear down... Those walls, they are collapsing all around us. But what will replace it if we have not achieved a higher level of consciousness and a vision of what is possible for human beings? And we have to go back to our roots and yet at the same time realize a leap to a level of consciousness much higher than any that has ever existed in the historical past. We can't just create another religion we have to become cosmic beings. We have to join the cosmic community. We're not the only inhabited planet in the universe. We'll soon discover that. But we need to reach a level of consciousness that merits continued existence in a world in which we have failed to fulfill the role that has been given to our species as guardians and stewards of this creation. And only then can we take the next step, the next leap into a higher level of consciousness, into a higher, more universal community of love and intelligence. But the, our potential for intelligence, for wisdom, for love, is so far greater than what we are living out in our lives that it's unimaginable to us. We're using less than 1% of the potential, not just of the brain, but of the soul, that needs to manifest in its fullness where it rots. It it, It has to be lived, just like a cow needs to be milked. We need to express in our lives the love, the creativity, the joy, the passion we have, to discover in situ, in real time, the, the miraculous nature of what we are that we cannot know in advance but only through spontaneous giving will we be surprised by, by what is within us that we didn't know was there and you only know by allowing that infinite mystery to be revealed in our actions in the charitra the performance the divine performance of our true nature that's when we come alive when we let it all come through, we pull out the stops that our ego mind has, the fears of, of fully revealing who we are to ourselves and to the world. We have to live fearlessly, courageously, in total empowerment, and without letting the pettiness of the ego get in the way, without being so hypersensitive that we won't take a chance on performing because, oh, we might be rejected or judged or Whatever. And we allow ourselves to hide in our shell. We can't do that. We don't have the luxury of hiding anymore. We have to live it out, sing it out, like we have seen already tonight. The joy of singing is a beautiful, symbolic expression. But all the ways of expressing ourselves must be tapped into. That's what a human culture is when it becomes Divine we will see that every one of you, every human being has genius far beyond what you know about, but you limit it through fear. And so what a satyogi is is someone who has gone beyond fear and who lives in that fearless state of love and lets it come through without knowing in advance what it will be like. Because we are a mystery. You cannot know who you are or what is within you in advance. And everybody wants to know. They want to know what what I'm going to do. And then, of course, you don't do it. But we have to take that risk of letting it come through, being a medium for a power that is greater than ourselves, greater than our ego selves. And when that power comes through all the way, it dissolves the ego self. And you realize all along you were that mystery. You are that, eternally. In yoga psychology, they call this nitya siddha. A siddha is an attainment of, of higher consciousness. It's one of the powers you gain through the practice of meditation. But nitya siddha, siddha means that you have the ultimate power now and always. You don't have to develop it. You just have to get out of your own way. Okay? So it's not that we're going to teach you how to be impeccable, spiritual, creative geniuses. We don't have to and we couldn't. You already have that within you. Our job is only to help you get the ego blocks out of the way so that infinite power can come through in your life. And everybody's yearning for this, but they're afraid to let it rip. But that's what we have to do, is rip off the covering of this ego mind and discover the incredible joy and bliss of letting creative power move through us. We all are healers. We have healing power. If we will allow it to flow through our hands, we can send pranic healing energy to people. We do that here. We can send it through the third eye. We can send it remotely around the world. We can create an energy field here that someone can walk into and be healed just by the power of our minds because everything is consciousness. We have been lulled into a false materialistic ideology that makes us believe, oh, it's just random matter, ping-pong balls of neutrons and protons banging into each other, and it gradually led somehow to this World, It's not like that. And that theory has been disproven. Read quantum physics, you'll see that there really aren't even any particles. Those billiard balls don't exist, they're just waves. And the waves are part of a universal quantum wave that is consciousness. The yogis knew this thousands of years ago. It's called spanda. It is the wave in its full potential. And the human consciousness, once it falls into ego, collapses that infinite potential into a single one-dimensional world but we can re-open that wave decollapse it again through our consciousness and bring about possibilities that cannot be predicted by cause and effect but the universe is not governed by cause and effect there is freedom even at the quantum level there is freedom unpredictability And if a subatomic particle can act with free will and unpredictability, surely you can do the same. All of us can do the same. Freedom is our nature. And to re-achieve that freedom, to realize it and activate it, this is the goal of yoga. Liberation. The supreme liberation from all illusion, from all limiting ideas, from the limited egoic identity and from everything that keeps us from that infinite consciousness that is our true self. And so if you wish to be liberated, you need to know that you already are. You just don't know it. And that's why the yogis say the only problem is ignorance, avidya. In the West that got turned into original sin and then we got into a whole... Uh, problem with, with thinking that we're bad. We are not. We, are, we have simply lost our way. Sin really means missing the mark. It means not understanding the truth of what we are. When we return to that, through a simple act of realization that I am not the body and I am not the mind and I am not any of the belief systems, but I am pure awareness, here and now, that is without objective correlative. In other words, I am not an object in the world and there is no object that corresponds to what I am except all, except the entirety of the infinity of the universe. That's what I am. And my awareness contains that. And I am that. And so when we let go of believing that we are anything, we enter the emptiness, that Buddhism talks about, the shunyata, when we enter that, we recognize that the emptiness is filled with light. It's filled with shakti, it's filled with power. And we become a channel through which that flows into this phenomenal plane. So the emptiness is form. They aren't two separate things. We are the manifestation in the objective world of that non-objectifiable noumenas. The noumenon is the phenomenon. They aren't two separate things. But we have to stop identifying with the phenomenon in order to realize the non-duality between subject and object, between God and the universe, between the self that I think I am and the ultimate self. We can do that by silencing the chattering mind bringing our attention back to the source and just staying there long enough to let that energy emerge. And you will feel a tremendous amount of love, of light, of power, of joy. It will come up from within, from your heart. Not the physical heart, but the heart of your being, the metaphysical heart. If we will just allow ourselves to take the time to enter the timeless to go beyond the space and time world that our minds live in and enter the silence of the supreme state of consciousness. It is accessible to every one of us. You don't need to study for ten years or, or go through some difficult processes in order to achieve this. You only have to desire it enough to retract your consciousness from the surface and move into the center. And then the skill to stay in that center will come from practice. But you can achieve the taste of the ultimate reality here and now. How many of you would like to do it tonight? Yes? All right. I'm very happy to hear and see these hands. And uh, I want you to know that, that you have that power. It's innate, it's inherent. It's your birthright. You are all children of God. You, you are the manifestation of this. It is within you. It is the very life energy that keeps you alive. So we're going to meditate. And what meditate, the word medi means middle or center, to bring our attention back to our own center.